Welcome back to the Paranorm Girl podcast. I am your host, Kristen, and welcome to the second half of my conversation with Bruce Burnett of Tombstone's Wild West Paracon. I hope some of you had a chance to take a look at that event. April is just around the corner. You know how the holidays fly right by. It'll be here before you know it. So do keep an eye out on their website, tombstoneparacon.com, for ticket availability. The dates for that are April 26th through the 28th. And hey! They still have vendor applications available, too. Consider being a vendor. How cool would that be? Today's super awesome conversation is brought to you by today's super awesome sponsor, Manscaped. Hey there, lovely ladies. Fresh ball fall is right around the corner, and you know what that means. Cozy sweaters, pumpkin spice everything. And, of course, getting your man's fall foliage all groomed up with Manscaped. While nature takes care of the leaves, Manscaped is here to make sure your man's nether region is leaf-free and ready for sweater weather. Give the gift of Manscaped to your special guy for cuffing season and make sure he's feeling as fresh as that crisp autumn air. Head over to Manscaped.com and use code PNG for 20% off plus free shipping. I didn't realize that as of today, we are in fall, besties. This entire year has been an absolute blur, y'all. I love fall. It is my favorite season. The falling leaves, the autumn colors, the nostalgic smell of that cooler, crisper air. And of course, fall fashion. Ooh, The flannels, the cozy socks, the comfy hats, something else fashionable this fall, trimmed and tidy family jewels. And your dude can be just this Hallmark Channel vision of perfection. If you haven't yet, it is time to introduce him to the Performance Package 4.0. This grooming kit has it all, including... The Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer equipped with advanced skin safe technology, a 7,000 RPM motor, a built in 4,000K LED spotlight, and a multifunction switch with a travel lock, which means he can easily catch that cross country plane, then taxi. Then hike the three miles out to your family's remote cabin that the bank just sold out from under you at auction. But you couldn't afford the auction price with the proceeds from the community bake sale. He'll catch you as you're just locking it up for the last time. Suitcase in hand, tear in your eye, and say, where are you going? You'll say, home, James. I'm going home. And he'll say... Exactly. As he hands you a key to the cabin that he secretly bought at the auction. And then he'll kiss you awkwardly as orange leaves flutter down all around you. And the real happy ending here, the travel lock on his lawnmower 4.0 stayed put the entire time. No dead battery when all was said and done. This whole story could have gone another way. 
this totally believable love story wins. Hallmark and Lifetime should really hire me, I'm telling you. So, ladies, let's make this fresh ball fall unforgettable. Treat your guy to the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped and show him that fall grooming can be just as exciting as a pumpkin spice latte and a brisk autumn day. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code PNG at manscaped.com. Your man will thank you. And trust me, you'll both be ready to embrace the season in style. (laughs) I am such a nerd. Tuesday, we left off talking about the Birdcage Theater. That is where we will pick up. Today, we will also learn about what we might look forward to at the upcoming Tombstone Wild West Paracon and enjoy more of my guests' vast knowledge of the history and hauntings of the destination city on the bucket list of paranormal investigators worldwide. Please enjoy the second half of my conversation with Mr. Bruce Burnett. Okay, so the birdcage, when it was built, remember I said Shufflin Hall was built as like, it was more like a nice social meeting place. It was a theater and it was a theater that would do like plays. At one time, Tombstone was the largest city west of St. Louis. I mean, it was bigger than L.A. It was bigger than um, San Francisco. Um, we had a decent population at one time. I mean, like and and, and the weird thing with the census here is if they said, oh, there's 14000 people, which now there's only like thirteen hundred. But if there was fourteen thousand people, those were people that were men that owned land, white men that were men that owned land. If you were Hispanic or you were a woman or you were not a landowner, they didn't even count you in the census. So if you were Chinese, a Chinese immigrant that worked on the railroads or anything like that, um, they just didn't count you. So there was a lot of lot of people um, back in those days. So it was a, uh, a tumultuous experience. And what happened was there was not nearly as many women as men. So the theater for Shufflin Hall was the proper theater. That's where you took your wife to go see a show. The Birdcage, on the other hand, uh, there was a newspaper that referred to them as being like the rowdiest, bodiest bar um, besides the Barbary Coast. I mean, there's like 26 people killed in there. There's, I want to say it's like 142 bullet holes or something. You can see bullet holes in the ceiling. You know, guys be watching a show and be like, hey, blam, blam, blam. Or, but there's also bullet holes in the bar. Uh, Johnny Ringo and Doc Holliday had a thing in there where they had a gunfight. This is not the thing where Doc Holliday supposedly shoots Ringo. They were so drunk, they couldn't even shoot each other. They shot holes in the floor. And, uh, and you can still see where that is. I mean, and they had these cribs along the top. And that's why they called them the birdcage, because there were like these cages along the side that had curtains that came in front. And you could pick a girl from out in front, take her up the stairs, 
and do whatever adult activities you're, you're going to do and, and do things. Yep. <laughs> and, well, and I'll tell you, there was no, no like society women at all mm-hmm. that would, they wouldn't even walk on the same side of the street as the birdcage. Uh, birdcage was a rowdy. Think about like, like you go to one of those local, like beer bars, although they sold, sold a lot more than beer, but you go to one of those, we used to call them Nagahide sewers. Like you'd go to these, you'd go to these bars where they had that, those red Nagahide, uh, you know, chair areas, you know, booths. And, mm-hmm. and it's got like that red pleather on it. And it's like, it's ripped and torn and everything stained with, that was the kind of place this, you know, when you think of a dive bar, mm-hmm. I mean, it was a theater and believe me, there are some actually some names that have appeared at that theater. Enrico Caruso, who is an opera singer, appeared at that theater. And if you look up Enrico Caruso, uh, like on Google, you'll find him for sure. I mean, he was a very famous guy. And uh, so they tried to be kind of an all around theater, but they ended up being a, a, a rowdy, shoot them up, kill people, have hookers. That's what they ended up with. <laughs> and then they closed it. Mm. It was open seven days a week, 24 hours a day. And they closed it in uh, right before 1900. I think it was 1899. And they closed it. And I, I could be off by a year on that, but they closed it. But they didn't take anything out of there. They closed it, locked up the doors, and it sat like that for decades. Oh. And then someone came in and bought it. And, and I'm not saying no one ever got in there because, you know, teenagers will be teenagers. I'm sure somebody figured a way to get in there. But uh, when they re- when they reopened it in like uh, the 20s, uh, it was all the stuff that was left in there from when they were open. So they also had the longest running poker game in history went there with guys like. You know, you hear about J. You hear about J.P. Morgan, the banking thing. J.P. Morgan and Rockefeller would go there and play cards wow. at different times. You know, so yeah, there was some money bags people going through there. Yeah, yeah. You know what Tombstone actually reminds me of is a is a town that I did summer theater once in Butte, Montana. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are like, Butte, what? Like, they, they're not going to recognize the name, but it was it was popping back, at, you know, in the in the in the 10s and I the 20s. The name. Yeah. And a lot of a lot of big names came through there. It was kind of like the the highway, the throughway of, you know, the mm-hmm. north part of the states. Um, but, yeah, the history there is awesome as well. But, uh, you know, that that's what's so cool about the birdcage and 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 being able to talk about it like these stories will never get old and they are just so fabulous and and this is the location that most people are going to recognize that story or or yeah, know a story absolutely. of it mm-hmm. absolutely uh the birdcage is they they have ghost hunts there all the time you could go to a ghost hunt there every night of the week if you wanted to um they, the birdcage i always hear about haunted locations in town because we talk about the big ones or the stores or the saloons on Allen street. I get 10 times as many come people come to me and say, my house, my house is really active. I mean, I get that all the time. I can see from my deck, I'm looking at a house and most people won't know who this guy is, but there was sounds weird, but there was a clown 
that lived in Tombstone, a very famous clown back in the day, like in the in the 50s and 60s. His name was Emmett Kelly Jr. And Emmett Kelly Jr. lived in Tombstone. Mm-hmm. How he lived in Tombstone, I don't know. I mean, this guy had worked with uh, Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus. He had performed at the White House. He had done all kinds of stuff. And he wrote this article once called My Haunted House on Skyline Drive. And this is like in the 50s or 60s when nobody said their place was haunted because everyone would look at you like you'd grown a second head. But now that we look at it, you know, uh, 60 years later, we're like, oh, because he wasn't trying to make money with it. He wasn't trying to be more well known for having a haunted house because everyone told him he was nuts. And I think uh, in October, we're going to have a group that's going to investigate there with some guys. If, if you guys haven't heard about this, you should check it out as well. Global Ghost Hunt. Global Ghost Hunt is streams. They do it a couple of times a year and teams can contact them with the location for like a hundred bucks. You can stream, stream it on there and you can go watch streams from haunted locations all over the world. And we're going to, we're going to stream the Emmett Kelly house on I don't remember the date, but it's in the October date range of when the global ghost hunt's going. So that's going to be cool. But I get all kinds of people, not not just in town, you know, not just in the old school part of town where there's places where people were shot and killed and all that. We we get stuff from people whose houses are are. I get stuff from the mine tour. You know, a oh. lot of guys died in the mines. <laughs> well, I mean, look, everybody dies. You know, I mean, everybody dies eventually. But my my feeling is the more horrific or the more sudden your death is like there's people that are alive one second and the next second, you know, there's a premature mind blast and they're just gone. Right. They're, right. One second, they're, next second, they're dead. And I have a feeling that that can that can add to the the reason you didn't go you might not even know you're dead i mean it was like that fast and there are creepy stories in tombs there's guys that died because they fell off a wagon and those giant wagon wheels ran over their head you know i mean like it like creepy stories like that where you're like oh there's a number of stories of you know what i mean i'm I'm there with them on this, but you know, Apache's killed a number of people here as well, mostly in the outlying areas, but you know, I get it. (laughs) We're, we're on their land. You know I mean? I get it. That'd be like someone coming to your house and saying, Oh, I'm moving in. You're like, "Uh, no, this is my house. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not surprising actually to me that tombstone is as active as it is. Uh, it, It was a very active place, you know, when it was, thriving and and going you know back in the day it was so active and there was constant active activity and energy and things happening and so it's not really that surprising and especially too uh a lot of the original stuff is there right the buildings and furniture and artifacts and and the funny thing is when you talk about original buildings we had two really big fires in tombstone i mean big fires like that wiped out like you know, a third or a half of the town. So the first one was in 1881. Uh, Back then, a lot of the saloons started out as like, literally like canvas tents, right? Mm -hmm. There were some saloons that were built, but 
early, early on. And you know what? Canvas lights on fire really fast when there's alcohol and people smoke, people smoking. And, you know, it's not that hard to set something on fire. And so the first fire burned a lot of things. It burned like the Golden Eagle Brewery, which is now known as the Crystal Palace. It burned Wyatt Earp's Oriental Saloon. It burned them to the ground. Um, but within six months, they were completely rebuilt um, and just decked out again. I mean, there was a lot of money in Tombstone at the time. Shefflin Hall never burnt. Shefflin Hall got scorched, but Shefflin Hall is 100% adobe. It's like one of the largest adobe structures in the United States. It's two-story. It's a big theater. They used it in the 20s as like a silent movie theater and stuff like that. It's got a lot of history behind it as well. Mm -hmm. But it didn't burn down because it was adobe. And okay. Adobe is, you know, anything that's wooden is going to burn down. Going down, baby. Wow. Have you ever seen the movie Tombstone? I have. No, right? Yes, yes, oh, I have. have. Mm -hmm. Right before they have the shoot at the OK Corral, you see them coming down the street and there's a building burning behind them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. <laughs> because back then, if something was on fire... You know, like they show like in the background, you see like these three guys going with buckets of water. I guarantee you that gunfight would not at least it would not have happened at that time, because no matter who you were, if there was a fire that would have had 80 guys on it with buckets of water in like a minute. I mean, they they because if you didn't put it out right away, the rest of the town was going to burn. And they had two major fires. and But but a lot of the buildings uh, that were rebuilt, like what ended up being the Crystal Palace and Wyatt Earps Oriental, they're, they're not original from, you know, like 1880 or 1881, but they're original from 1882. Hmm. They, they, well, actually, 1881 uh, on Wyatt Earps. Wyatt Earps Oriental, it burned down. They got activity there, too. But it, it burned down. And then the second fire they had like a brigade of firefighters that just made a stand at the Oriental and they saved the Oriental from the 1882 fire. So the guy that owned it said, all you firefighters get to drink for free. And they did. Man, you know, the things, uh, the problems of the day back then, uh, they, they, they really make the ones, the problems that we have today just pale in comparison. You know, we, oh, yeah. we, we think the little things are big things, but a really strange thing that it's just a short thing I got to throw in is the shootout at the OK Corral. Right. It's been in a dozen movies and TV shows and all this stuff. It was sleeting and snowing when that happened. You know, everyone's always like out in the bright sun because it's easier to film, you know. And uh, mm -hmm. but the actual thing, there was sleet and snow that day. You know, when you see the guys in the long riders coats, you know, whenever you see the, the old Westings and those long riders coats, people didn't normally wear those around like in the summer, you know, and this was in October and it was not great weather. And if you ever want to see uh, something interesting, there's a show. It was the original Star Trek and there was a specific episode called Spectre of the Gun. And this alien thing puts the crew of the Enterprise back in the days of the OK Corral shootout. And they actually show it as being stormy. It's the only TV show or movie that's ever shown it be stormy. It doesn't show it snowing or anything. But if you look up like image search, 
Im image search specter of the, it's like it's kind of dark in the sky and red and and with the you know clouds and all that it's it's they're the only guys that got it right was of all things flipping star trek hey this is bj and this is mitra and we're from the unrefined podcast do you like ghost stories urban legends spooky tales that will chill your spine whoa whoa what? I just, I'm just getting into it, okay? Just a little bit. But seriously, if you want to hear us talk about all things that are unexplained, but with a good sense of humor, then tune into Unrefined, your favorite paranormal podcast. New episodes out every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure to subscribe to get the latest episodes of Unrefined right to your device. Well, uh, Bruce, thank you. Thank you for all of that history. Like I said, I love the history. I love the hauntings. And that was that was just a really good snapshot of what's going on in Tombstone. I do want to give you some time and us some time to talk about the Wild West Paracon. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so let's talk about it. It is the second annual event. Yeah. You had you had one this last year, this last May. Correct. Yeah. How did that go? How was the reception? Actually, it, we had no idea. We had literally no idea how it was going to go. We really didn't. Um, we started putting it together in November for May. I mean, we didn't have a long time to work on it. We just started. We got, we had a, a number of good speakers. We had a guy named Greg Lawson, the paranormal detective was there. And he, now he goes to things all over the, I mean, geez, they flew this guy to Vlad the Impaler's castle for a paracon. I mean, he's a guy, right? He's like a dude. He's like goes all over. And I had called Greg and I said, hey, you know, uh, we're doing this paracon and I was wondering if you might like to be involved. And he goes, oh, what's the dates? And I give him the dates. He goes, oh, I'm already scheduled to do this thing in Philadelphia. And he's like, yeah, you know, I'm getting like $3,000 to go there and they're putting me up for like four days in, in the, in this four-star hotel and, and uh, they're flying me out there and everything. He goes, where, where's your Paracon out? And I go, uh, it's in Tombstone. And he goes, Tombstone, Arizona. And I go, yeah. He goes, I'm going to cancel my other gig. And I'm like, Oh, and I'm like, I got to tell you right now, Greg, I can't pay you $3,000 to come out here. This is our first one. We don't know. any. And he was like such, I'm not going to say, but he he like cut it down to almost nothing. I mean, he came out with his wife. It was really cool. Super nice guy. We're going to have him back this year, too. Um, we had uh, uh, Leon Wilkes, who was a is uh, a religious demonologist. He's one of the guys that was trained by someone that was trained by Ed Warren. If you're familiar with Ed and Leslie yeah. Warren. Yeah, yeah. So a guy that was trained directly by them trained him. He's actually a man of the cloth. So he... He wears his robes. He has some wild like exorcism stories and stuff. I'm just like, and he's like, he's like a, a military guy from the Air Force. I mean, it is totally believable. We had uh, these guys called UTS and Earthing the Supernatural. They are a Native American team. Uh, they blessed the town with the Native American ritual. Um, they blessed the spirits. They blessed the people. They blessed the buildings. Um, they do ghost hunting a little differently. We had um, uh, this guy, uh, Jeff Woolwine, who uh, talks about petroglyphs in the sky. 
He's very well versed at looking at Indian petroglyphs and how petroglyphs relate to what Indians saw on the daily, right? You'll see petroglyphs of, uh, which are rock art drawings of, of, you know, like deer and stuff like that. Like this area has mm -hmm. got deer and it'll have deer with a guy with a bow. And he says, well, these, these certain things here, those are UFOs. And wow. And, you know, Phoenix had a big thing with the Phoenix lights a number of sure. years ago where it was no joke. Like hundreds of thousands of people saw him, including the governor. And the governor's like, I want to know what's going on because I mm -hmm. saw it. I saw it myself. And he he talks about that. And uh, we had Taps West Coast was out and they brought uh, Bridget Marquardt with them, who does the Ghost Magnet podcast. She used to be one of Hugh Hefner's girlfriends. And now she's all about the paranormal. It's really weird. Super nice girl. You know, not not like the way you'd think like a playboy model would be i mean she was like super homey down to earth looked like she was like from the midwest or something like super nice girl and then this year so that was that was may 5th through 7th and that is that is right at the best time of year to come to arizona i'll tell you no rain it's not hot it's like maybe 80 degrees you know zero chance of rain um just really nice this year uh greg is like 99% for sure we're going to have him back. We're talking to a bunch of people that I don't really want to put them out there yet because like they haven't <laughs> said yet, but I I can I can tell you about some people that have been here recently and someone who's coming soon to check out Tombstone without saying anything about if they're going to come to Paracon. So <laughs> okay. There's these guys named GTI Ghost Trip Investigations. They're gigantic in social media. They're from the UK. And they came the other day. And I mean, it's like ridiculous. They've got like 450,000 followers on Facebook. They've got like 400,000 followers on TikTok. They got like 2 million on Instagram. And then each of their own personal pages has like 2 million more. So, I mean, total, they've got like 10 million followers or something ridiculous like that. And uh, they're Dan and Adam, super nice guys, uh, and super big in the UK. They're super big. And uh, they came and they did the Boot Hill Graveyard and they did the Birdcage. And then I believe that coming for Boot Hill Graveyard, Greg Lawson's coming and he's bringing the Kling brothers with them. The Kling, Kling brothers? Yeah. I've heard, I've heard the name. Well, they used to have a, they used to have a show and there's a little conspiracy theory going on why they don't have the show anymore. So okay. I've heard two different things. I, I've heard one is that uh, whatever I, it might be Travel Channel or something. And this is the problem with be, having a really big show on the Travel Channel is they always want you to have evidence. Right. Because you're mm -hmm. a big show for them. They want their people watch ghost shows to see ghost evidence. And they were told, I guess, at some point that if you guys don't have evidence, you better have some evidence. And so that was that's one of the conspiracy theories is that they said no. Then the other conspiracy theory is that they provoke too much. I, I'm I think that the money issue on the side mm -hmm. that says if you don't have evidence, we need evidence. That sounds way more believable to me. That sounds, I, I, I don't even want to call that a conspiracy theory. I want to say that that's probably the reason because I know that's why 
Nick Groth left Ghost Adventures, supposedly, or at least one of the theories why. So I I always tell people, if you've got the number one show, you're going to do whatever the network asks you to do, or you're not going to be on the network anymore. And that's a, that's a problem for, for ghost hunting, you know? Totally. Absolutely. So I'm not saying, I'm not saying that either <laughs> of those guys are coming, but you never know. And well, you know what you, you have, you had an amazing lineup this last year. I, I, I love the lineup here and, and you also have some amazing visitors to tombstone. Oh That's yeah. It. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, and the and the dates for that are yes. going to be April 28th through 30th. 28th through the 30th? Yep. Okay. Okay. And if yeah. if last year is any indication of what it's going to be like this year, I wouldn't be against probably going to a site like uh, I I work with a site called discovertombstone.com and discovertombstone.com literally has everything about the town. Like you can look up lodging and businesses and events and all that stuff. I, if, if I was thinking about coming in April for that event, I would think about reserving a room. We do have another town that's got like 50,000 people. That's about 15 minutes away and there is hotels over there. But if you want to stay in Tombstone, the town too tough to die. Uh, that would be uh, a, might not be a bad idea to get uh, reservations if you're going to come. If you're going to come, you you know, which I encourage you to come. Greg Lawson said that last year's this last Paracon we just did, and he's been to hundreds of them. He said that was in the top two Paracons I've ever been to. And I'm like, wow. And he goes, oh, you guys knocked it out. And I'm like, oh, and he's, I actually had, uh, uh, I've, I've had other people from other Paracons like wanting to call me, you know, to, to get ideas or things like that. And I'm like, I can't give you all the ideas because then you're going to have my Paracon. I can't do that. But, you know, <laughs> I can tell you what really didn't work well and what worked well. Actually, pretty much everything worked well, though. And we were... We were a well-oiled spiritual machine. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it sounds like it was a hit and, and uh, awesome speakers. And uh, I had a question. It's an important one. Oh, when do tickets go on sale? Well, we're going to try for Because like I said last year, we didn't start planning till November. And we didn't put tickets up till like April for a May event. What we're going to try and do when I'd like to, when I'd like to do it. I'd like to release them on Halloween night, you know, like Halloween night at the stroke of midnight. I think that would just have its own little gig to it. Um, it actually, in a weird way, gives us less time to plan than we had last time. But I, we want to put them up early. I'll tell you, last time the VIP VIP tickets sold out in like four hours. Boom, gone. Wow. But wow. we have a lot of things available to investigate in town. So the VIP tickets are for a specific thing, and then we'll have – Another, I don't think we have a name for it yet, but uh, there'll be a package that's not the VIPs, but also goes to cool places. And then there'll be smaller packages that include like two different locations here, two different here, two different here. So, and then there's, you know, there's always the birdcage is always here. You make, you know, you buy tickets directly through them. Um, and there's a walking gunfighter and ghost tour is a really good tour. The guy that runs that is amazing. His name's Tim Fadig. He does, uh, he's a really well-versed historian, 
as well as the paranormal guys. So it's it's really a cool tour. Okay, yeah, there, there's going to be a, a ton to do uh, for the Paracon for anybody who attends it, as well as just just in general, you know, in Tombstone. Um, there there are other ways to participate in this Paracon too. I just saw that you guys released uh, last month the uh, submission form, the application form for vendors. Right. And, and that, that got me very excited. I'm thinking about doing it. I'll, well, and I'll let you know, because people say, why aren't you just registering vendors? And I say, it's for a specific reason. The last thing we want is, I don't want to make it sound like I'm bagging on psychics or mediums, but we we had like, 40 psychics that wanted to do it. And it's like, it's, it's not good for the people going to the vendor area. If everyone's doing the same thing, it's not even good for them. It's like, I wouldn't want to be, I used to do uh, uh buy and sell antiques and collectibles. It's like, if I'm doing a bunch of glassware, I don't necessarily want my table right next to a bunch of people doing glassware. You know, it's like, right. if I'm a psychic medium. I don't want to be neck in the same row as 12 other psychic mediums. It's just not good for me. So we we're taking them as, as uh, applications so we can look through and make sure we have a good variety of things. Uh, and we think that that's good for people and it's good for the vendors. And mm -hmm. so the, the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, and also because you mentioned that you had just seen it, the, there is a tombstone wild west paracon on Facebook, and there is tombstoneparacon.com. And that is the uh, website. Now, I, I can tell you in the next couple of days, we'll have all the new graphics up. Um, we've got a guy that does our graphics for us. Because if you go there right now, everything's going to look like, uh, you know, that it's la this last year. But in the next few days, we'll have stuff up for maybe even before the show goes up, probably. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I'll include whatever, anything that you want down there. And I'll ask you again before, uh, before we leave the episode. And but of course we have the free gold bar giveaway. No, we don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> A giant 12 pound gold bar we're giving away. No. <laughs> silver. It's gotta be a silver we, bar. Uh, actually, we Tombstone. just had the 30th anniversary of the movie Tombstone here and they did give away a silver ingot. Wow. We wow. actually have another event coming up next weekend about, have you ever heard of a game called Red Dead Redemption? Uh, it, it's a video game, right? Yeah. It's it's oh, like no. Grand Theft Auto on horseback. It's a Western thing. It's done by the same guys that do the game Grand Theft Auto. And we're having a big event for that. And they're giving away, they're giving away also a big silver ingot. And I think they're giving away like five custom PlayStation 5s or something or six or seven. I don't know. They're giving away a bunch of them. We have a lot of events oh, here. Yeah, you do. Well, I'll leave that event for, for somebody else. And and uh, once Mario was, you know, done and over with, I, I never got into gaming. Hey, my, my, <laughs> so first, my first video game, this will show you guys how old I am. My first video game was called Pong. Oh, And gosh. it had a white line here and a white line here, and you would bounce a white ball in between them. And it was the coolest thing ever, wasn't it? It You're was like... a quarter to play, and you could play pinball for a dime. I'm like, that's the coolest thing ever. And, and everyone's like, dude, it's two white lines. And I'm like, yeah, but that's <laughs> going to be a thing someday. Yeah. 
Oh, all right, Bruce. Well, we're we're near the end of our episode. Uh, so let's do some final questions okay. and then I'll get some final thoughts from you and we'll be done. All right. Cool. This has been amazing. Absolutely outstanding. Um, my first question for you, uh, being the marketing manager and social guru of the <laughs> city of Tombstone, uh, you know all of the hot spots and history and and like the lesser side, lesser known side of this town. Mm-hmm. What is what is the hidden gem? What's mm-hmm. the place, the must see, must experience place that people should check out before they leave? Well, if you came. During Paracon, I would try and do something that's involved that gets you, uh, if if we don't always offer, but if you could get into Shefflin Hall or Boot Hill Graveyard at night, those are both good. Another one that is kind of an unsung hero is Down in the Mines. And there is a way to go down in the mines. There is a, during the day, like if it's hot, like if you come during the summer and it's super hot, you go down in the mines, it's 68 degrees all year. Doesn't matter if it's 20 degrees outside or 120, it's going to be 68 degrees in there. And that is an unsung hero. Also the tombstone new cemetery, the tombstone city cemetery is kind of an unsung hero as well. It's a favorite of people down in this area that go to it. Um, There is, the problem is, is that there's so many unsung heroes. Big Nose Kate has the Swamper, uh, which was a guy that supposedly was Skyping, had, had, he lived in the basement and had dug a hole right down into the mines and would go down there and prospect. And, uh, and supposedly his spirit is there. Wyatt Earps Oriental has all kinds of activity. There's a place mm-hmm. called the Pete Spence House, which is purportedly, I have to say purportedly, anytime we're not 100% sure of something, we say the legend has it or purportedly they they planned, uh, they had a plan to go after uh, the Earps uh, was made at that location. I don't know if that's true or not, but, and, and then of course, like I said, there's a, uh, there's the ghosts of Allen Street. There are people that run into spirits on Allen Street. It's like Virgil Earp who walks between the buildings. There's the woman in white that's seen often. There are people that walk by businesses at night that are positive they've seen people in at night. Enough positive to where they've called the police who have come over and checked and there's nobody in there. So it, there's oh. there's a lot, even City Park I've heard has got a lot of activity in it. And that's on historic Allen Street as well. So okay. Red Buffalo Trading Company where Morgan Earp got shot. You know, I mean, there's the Undertaker Espresso uh, Coffee Place has got activity. The place across the street from the birdcage, that's a hotel on the top that if you want to stay in a haunted hotel, the two best places, the Larian Motel, probably the biggest one if you want to stay in a haunted place, or Hotel Tombstone. They both have activity. They put, they open an arcade downstairs, and they put in a fully refurbished 1880s piano player, uh, uh, a player piano. And since they started running that downstairs, they're thick with activity downstairs as well. Not to mention that during the day, there's all these video games that are turned on. They're just pumping energy into the air all day. So, and those are kind of both unsung heroes. So there's, okay. when you say the unsung heroes, God, there's a lot of them. 
most of them you can go yeah. into so yeah yeah mostly everywhere but shefflin hall and uh you can't do the grape the um, not boot hill not at night anyway you i've seen people walking around there with evps you know getting evps and stuff during the day all the time and i'm one of those people i don't think it has to be nighttime because i've done shefflin hall every time of day every time like in the morning in the afternoon in the evening and i've never been skunked for activity there so okay that's okay all right listeners you heard it there's there are tons of unsung hero uh hidden gym locations there there's your list all right uh next question what is the wildest evidence that someone has captured that you have personally seen while you have been there Oh, at 100%, it's got to be discussions with Emma. Um, mm. The guy, Jeff Woolwine, who did the, he's a paranormal investigator as well, but he's the guy that did the petroglyphs in the sky. Uh, he does UFOs as well. Uh, but he was on stage at Shefflin Hall and had like, now this, this part of this discussion didn't involve them talking to me, but uh, he he talked to her for like 10 minutes, like like nonstop questions and answers. I mean, I'm sitting there. And also there was a time at Shefflin Hall when I was in the middle of of the room and there was people all off over the place. And I'm I'm just watching the way paranormal teams interact with each other. So I see who's a good fit to work with the public and everything. And there's a there's a, a, a motion detector that's on a table over here. And suddenly it starts glowing like like flashbulb bright white. I mean, much brighter than I'd ever seen it glow. And I'm I'm looking over at it and I'm like, there 100% has to be someone sitting at that table. But, you know, I'm in like total darkness, right? And I look over and right as this thing is on, someone's coming down the stairs who has a flashlight. I'm like, shine your flashlight over there. And there's nobody sitting there. And... Uh, and right after that is when Jeff started to do this uh, uh, spirit box session with her. And she's just answering in full sentences, intelligently answering questions. You know, she's it's Emma. Emma is Emma. Emma is the gold mine of Tombstone. I mean, there's a lot of other, we have a thing, a thing called the lady in red. And a lot of these are more like residual hauntings, but Emma and over at the boot Hill graveyard, there's a, uh, a couple of kids called the Brady brothers where one died trying to one drowned trying to save the other one from drowning in the San Pedro river. And I I've, I've seen people having discussions with them like spirit box. And then boom, here comes Emma right in from the side. Oh, you don't want to talk to them. Talk to wow. me. You know, I mean, it's like really <laughs> crazy, like interaction with her. Okay. All right. Uh, a final question for you. Um, is there a well-known entity or activity that you have not encountered yet, but you would really like to? Probably the residual hunting Virgil Earp. I would love to see that. And the, the interesting thing with the Virgil Earp thing is people, uh, it's not uncommon to see people dressed in 1880s wear in downtown Tombstone. They do it all the time. There's all kinds of like reenactors and stuff. So when it's nighttime and you see someone in Western gear, you don't like look at them and go, oh, there he is. Uh, but I've never seen uh, the Virgil Herb. Hundreds, if not thousands of people have seen him. I just haven't. I would, And, and it's kind of weird for me because I know I'm not going to get any interaction with it. 
I know I'm not going to ask it a question. It's going to say anything. I just like to see it. You know, I like to see stuff. And I, I believe me, I love spirit boxes and all that, but I, I, I like visuals. I'm not a, there will be people in your audience that will hate me for this. I'm not a big fan of orbs. I'm not a big fan of orbs, man. Orbs. I've done a lot of Photoshop in my day and it's like, you can get orbs from a zillion different things. You can get professional photographers have to photographers have to take uh, orbs out of pictures all the time because they just, I don't think for the amount of orbs I see, I just don't think there's that many spirits in like certain locations. It's like, man, there's thousands of them here. That's probably dust, you know, or it's <laughs> could be mist. It could be, you know, a little bit of rain. It could be a lot of things. Yeah, that that's all right. I, I uh, this last season, or it will have been this last season by the time we air this. You know, I had a skeptic on there at the end who who also had some thoughts about orbs and. Uh, but you know what? It's okay. You know, my audience is is a an audience of skeptical believers. Some are this way, some are that way. We all we all meet in the middle. It's all good. Um, all right, Bruce. Uh, where you want to. Tell my audience one more time where they can go online to learn more about the Paracon, uh, where they can okay. learn more. The, the two best places, well, really the place that when we put up tickets eventually will be at tombstoneparacon.com. And that is, the, there will be all the uh, information, the packages and everything will be up there. If you go there right now for the next maybe... I don't know when you're going to put the show up. Probably by the time you guys go there, it'll be updated with the new graphics and stuff because we just had the Paracon two months ago. Uh, but that's at tombstoneparacon.com. You can also follow the Facebook page at Tombstone Wild West Paracon. Okay. All right. And help me close this one out, sir. Uh, would you please leave us with a final thought, words of wisdom, or a piece of advice? I, okay. I have a couple for you. Okay. So one of them... And I, I believe this wholeheartedly. One of them is a quote that try and leave it better than you found it and be the example. Another one is no matter where you go, there you are. Uh, and the last one is the grass may in fact be greener on the other side, but you still got to cut the lawn. Okay. Bruce Burnett, Marketing Manager and Creator of Tombstone's Wild West Paracon. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thank you for having me. I've been a blast. And with that, thank you to Bruce for joining me on the Paranorm Girl podcast. It was such a blast getting to speak with you. I cannot remember uh, my own name sometimes, let alone all of these people's stories and the historic things that have happened over the years in an entire town. You're an awesome dude, and uh, I really enjoyed our chat. Good people, one last time, visit the links I have below. Follow Tombstone Wild West Paracon on Facebook. Get ready to buy them tickets. I want to see you there. Okay, the cat's out of the bag. I'm going to be there, okay? I'm, I'm going to be there. I've uh, never been to Tombstone. This is going to be fun. And Bruce, I'll find you down there somewhere. I, I don't know where you hang out, but I'm crafty. I'll come say hi. So follow them. Like them. Follow me. Like me at 
Paranorm Girl Pod on all socials. ParanormGirlPod at gmail.com is the email. Uh, plenty of ways to reach me. You can also reach me by becoming a patron. You get all of the perks, but also extra perks like my update videos, my check-in videos. My patrons are hearing about things a long time in advance. As soon as I know something, they know something. That is going to be a wrap on today's show. Join me Tuesday for our second deep dive of the season. I will be laying some foundation for this season's subject with the history of Sasquatch. See you guys next week. Stay safe, keep the nightlight on, and sleep with one eye open.